Hello, and welcome to the EMS Improv Podcast, where we engage, where we are mindful, and we share or tell our stories. Today, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and as usual, we are powered by GEMS. My name is Eric Chase, and we are grateful for the person that we have on our podcast today. It is EMS Week 2022. Um, for those of you that don't know, and we're recording live, but this will be aired later, with a fantastic individual, one of about 120 that I had the opportunity to interact with, engage with, do some improv with, laugh, uh, and have some serious conversations with. Um, we are going to introduce you to today, ladies and gentlemen, Juliana Castro. Juliana happens to work for a fantastic organization that is in East Texas. Juliana, I wanna welcome you. I want you to give the name of the organization that you work for. And then I want to talk to you a little bit about how we met and a little bit about your passion for EMS and a little bit about what you're doing to be the wonderful spirit that I found you to be. And when we met and had an opportunity to talk with your, uh, with your loved one, Wes, in Washington, D.C. at the Stars of Life event. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Juliana Castro, she's a paramedic. And Juliana, where do you work? And can you tell us a little bit about where you work? Hey guys, um, I work for UT Health East Texas EMS Air One. Um, I'm a paramedic there, a lead medic, and um, I've been with this organization for about four years, four wonderful years. So Juliana, um, you're humble. You're a very humble person uh, in reading the nomination for your stars of life and, and all the other ones that I've had the opportunity to read. Um, you certainly are not a boastful person and you're, you, you bring a lot of grace and humility to your position. So that in and of itself is neat. And one of the overarching things that I remember hearing from the stars in our conversation in our presentation with each of you was that you all, to some degree, in, in some form or fashion, had wished that those people that help support you in your day-to-day -day work could be there with you in celebration. How, do, how does that make you feel, um, one, knowing that you are as humble as you are, but knowing that the, that the stars that were with you uh, that are very much like you in this regard, what an amazing soul and spirit and practitioner of paramedicine, but that you cared enough to wish and hope that the people that help support you were also there with you? Um, well, I'd like to start with um, humility comes and goes. We all have those moments in our lives where um, we're not quite humble. And there's always growth in that whenever you have that come to moment about it. Um, it's definitely been with experience in this career and with just some great leaders and mentors that have, um, shown me, shown me that, um, and guided me to that, um, the importance of that humility in the career, um, and being part of a very big picture. Um, as for being at DC um, being celebrated as a, a star. Every moment, I just wanted my coworkers with me because they're family you know, and coworkers over my past about eight years in EMS, so many experiences that really grew me to where I am and are going to continue. 
and allow me to grow and develop as a provider and a professional in EMS and um, to keep representing the service of it. I, I know there are many of my coworkers, I mean, really just showing up and doing the job we do that deserve the same recognition. So I really thought of myself more as representing all of those people, not being the only star, but being that person honored to represent a group of people that go above and beyond day in, day out, on the clock, off the clock. And that's, that's really how I felt about it while there. Um, that gives me goosebumps. Uh, you know, you talked about rising to the challenge, and which is the theme this year for EMS Week. And you might not have used those exact words, but that's what resonated in my spirit. And the mentors and the leaders and the peers that you have um, that, that have guided your, your drive and, and given you or allowed you to be or put you in a position to be more humble. Um, in, in some of what they've written about you in just four short years uh, with your employment there at UTEMS, uh, you've consistently shown exceptional patient care and bedside manner. Um, you have come with previous experience, um, which you said now nearly eight years, but when somebody takes the time to write that you genuinely care, genuinely care about every single patient and your coworkers as if they were family and you already said family, um, that's a, that's a massive, culture uh, that, that EMS organizations, fire, safety, uh, anything in public service, healthcare in general are striving for. And you had mentioned leadership. So um, whether you choose to mention them specifically or just leave it generic, the things that they're doing right are, are giving people like yourself purpose and, and, and a platform to continue to be and, and do amazing things for those that you care about. Um, so can you address some of that as far as the culture? Because hearing you say family and not a lot of people that I've worked around in 17 years will say that this is my family. And I, and I think it's changing, but I would hope that, you know, that there could be this massive paradigm shift where we, where we can really say, you know, and, and I think you may remember, I, I told this group of people, I love each and every one of you at the beginning, at the end of our conversation. And it's, and it sounds like that that's how you act. You act with this agape or, or selfless love, this, this love of people that, that you serve with and for. Um, so tell me more about that in the culture and how that's driven at your organization. And maybe that can be replicatable. So just arriving to this organization um, as an EMT basic who had this big goal and dream of being a, a paramedic, I mean, just immediately welcomed with open arms um, and appreciated for um, my experience and what I wanted to bring and what they wanted to bring to me, just the organization in general and the people that um, I got to learn from at this, this organization. My, my first partner 
uh, Nick, <laughs> oh my goodness, so much laughter. And so I immediately had a family member on the truck. He, he was my brother, like, and it just grew, it grew from there. And now that, now that I realize I know a lot of people there and a lot of people know me, it just inspires me more to keep getting to know everyone because we are a family. I just, that that's why I love this career. I love the camaraderie of it, the, you know, brotherhood of it. Um, because at the end of the day, man, no one gets you better than those people out there on the streets with you. And so that just, it's just, it's really just amazing. Like it also, it gives me goosebumps. Anytime I get to tell someone about it, like, yeah, this is, this is the great, when I get a student and I'm like, look, there's the good, there's the ugly, but at the end of it, you got, you got your family. Um, and one thing that just really you feel at you know, my organization is the, the concept of, of the answering the call and it's something you hear a lot, like, like you hear it a lot. You hear people say it a lot because we want to think about it that way. Everyone's answering the call. Everyone that shows up dispatch, literally answering the call, those in education, keeping that moving and going, answering the call by setting us up for success. Um, our medical director, you can call him anytime, ask him a question, you know, and, and you can have confidence that he's going to listen to you. I mean, that's talk about answering the call, really leading um, those providers on the street. Or, I mean, just everyone in administration, um, our guys that keep our trucks put together, our maintenance guys. I mean, it's just purely everyone answering the call every every day. And I get so inspired talking to all these people in and out, listening to what other people are doing other than being on the street, other than running the ambulance. It's just always ugh. <laughs> like, I just get so excited talking about it because I just love my family so much. So proud of, of who we are as a team. Um, you know, we had a, what we call, we called snowvid. <laughs> the middle of COVID. And then we had that snow ice storm in East Texas, who is, you know, Texas is not ready to handle some snow and ice. And like, whenever I think about it now being out there that day and the way everyone was working with the whole community, like it brings tears to my eyes because we still answered the call. The roads were completely undrivable. Um, water lines were breaking, you know, dialysis people were having to be transported. I mean, it, and you had just everyone answering the call. And I know I've said that a million times now, but it's because that's what it is. That's what it is. Every day you show up and days you don't show up because a lot of what we do at work to sustain that, like to keep going is what we do at home to take care of ourselves, still taking care of others. Most people are family people at home as well. And it's just a continuous moving machine to keep, to keep answering the call. 
I, I thank you for sharing that. And I've written about 30 notes based upon several of the things that you just said. And, and one of the ones I want to touch upon is um, taking care of people and whether that be at work or at home, whether we're answering the call at work, um, people that get into uh, healthcare, mobile medicine, EMS, which is what you're being recognized for, emergency medical services, law enforcement, firefighting, Oftentimes, we'll hear people say, yet we don't have authentic relationship with, with, our, with ourselves. And Christella, my partner, when we, when we did the um, presentation uh, with each of you uh, prior to the big picture up there on the wharf, uh, we talked about finding our individual joys and doing things that will allow us to be able to answer that call even mm-hmm. better, right? Um, so you, you have a very good, it sounds like, uh, in, in meeting Wes, which is your, uh, boyfriend, uh, when we were there and all of us sitting down, you guys have a very good communication. He is broadly aware of the things that you're, uh, engaged in, whether it be the bike team or CISM or training, uh, staff or reaching out to staff after a bad call. A lot of us have had to learn over time that that's okay to be vulnerable and to share with our loved ones, the ones that are truly there to support us, that may not have the family environment or atmosphere and cohesion or cohesiveness that you guys have down there in, in East Texas with your organization. So if there's, if there's a pearl of wisdom, a feeling, a thought, an action that has allowed you to continue to be so strong and that and a lot of that's the culture and the leadership and the mentoring that goes on in your organization but what do you individually have to do to be able to share that and to stay on point um, or say yes to yourself if you will that you need to take a break and, that, and that's several questions in one and you can start wherever you would like but I think hitting that note and it will resonate with a lot of the listeners that are out there across the spectrum um, how you take care of yourself and when it's important and you work with mental health and you work with your CISM and peer support team, how we can better do, uh, do that for ourselves since we're, we're answering the call for other people so often. Well, I, I don't really take care of myself. I allow others to take care of me. And that's the best thing we can do for ourselves. You know, and we, we do that a lot at work. You know, we tell people, please, that's what I'm here for. Let me help you. And I have to look at myself and think the same thing. People are telling me, please let me help. I want to help take care of you. And for many years in my career, I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't fine. And Unfortunately, but fortunately, it did take the big breakdown. My cup didn't just overfill, over, you know, overfill, it fell over. Mm-hmm. And it, it clicked. I need help. I need my support system. I need to let my support system in to know because it wasn't always great communication with my family or boyfriend or everyone. 
And the realization of if I want to keep doing this in a healthy way, right? Because you can keep doing it for 20 years, but you're not healthy. And eventually your, your work will decay because of it. If I want to keep doing this and enjoy it, enjoy it and be enjoyed, basically, I have to let people help me take care of me, know what's going on. And from there, I was able to, to grow and start refinding my joy. So it's funny you mentioned joy. And and that was one of the things that Christella and I tried to emphasize, you know, we said that we can be happy and sad simultaneously or angry even. And, and those, those two uh, emotions, if you will, or whatever we call them, uh, typically they're, they're things that are going on in the periphery or that they're, we're either dealing with effectively or ineffectively, but we can still have uh, an overarching joy in our lives. Um, and if you remember, I told you that that was one of the things my wife called my, uh, uh, backside out for was, you know, she goes, you need to find your joy. And it was the best and worst thing that I could have ever heard from anyone because I wasn't taking care of me. And, mm-hmm. and, and I always, like you said, I always was asking people to let me take care of them. And yep. at some point, where's the authenticity, the integrity, um, you know, empathy, right? You know, we can all be simp- have sympathy for one another, but I think one of the things that we talked about and went over and hopefully resonated with, with the participants was that until we truly um, are seen as that authentic self without, you know, yes, we have our uniforms, but am I the uniform or am I the human being within it? The spirit, mm-hmm. the soul, the energy, the conveyance of trust, right? Um, so why do we think we don't get all the information from our peers or our coworkers or our patients? Because maybe we're not being our authentic self and our vulnerable, real, honest self for them to feel, I guess, enough trust in us to share. Because, well, if they see Eric or Juliana or Tom or Paul or Susie behaving this way when they have conflict in their lives or strife or pain, but yet they're coming to me, there's an incongruence, right? That something just seems inauthentic. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean we don't care and it's easier for us to give to other people. And, and I think you, you articulate that very beautifully when you said that. So what are some of the things that you do that you work with the peer support team uh, through your CISM training and, and uh, whether it be psychological, spiritual, uh, emotional support that, that you either help get people to or share with them uh, that maybe can help them so, you know, and thinking about it, when I joined the peer support team, I wasn't letting my peers like take care of me. And um, once I had that realization, I guess my approach to helping others changed because it's more than more than needing someone to talk to more it's there's just something about being actually present and saying you don't need me now but you need me to show up later i can i don't know if that makes sense if what i'm trying to say makes sense but like you know after when you see someone down whatever you you like 
Hey, are you okay? Do you need anything? Well, they're usually going to say no, because I said no. No, I'm cool, whatever. It's a, like my approach is, hey, I don't know what you're feeling. I don't know what you're going through, but I would like to help. I would like to know if you want that. Whatever, like whatever you need, let me know and I'll show up. So being present. And one of the things that uh, resonated with me in our conversations is that you saw that you, that's something that that's been a driving force in you. Once you recognize that there was that individual need, because you saw the community yes. need, you saw the, the, the team within the, or, or the need within the organization, Definitely. Uh, individual to individual. Um, so it's important to, I guess, recognize the being present is, is, removing the body armor, removing the facade, taking off the mask that kind of keeps us uh, our inauthentic self so that we can be received and seen by the people that are in pain and in strife, whether they be a patient, a patient's family member, a coworker, um, a leader. And, and even if you don't have the title of leader, Julian, I want to just recognize you as a leader for your words, for your actions is reflected by your peers and your nomination for a stars of life award and your desire to continue to understand that without the team. And, uh, there's a, there, there's a cool story and I, and I'll save it for a, a little bit later. Um, but the end of the evening, that, that same day that we did our presentation, there was a, a, a pretty amazing person that we got an opportunity to meet and, and you got an opportunity to do something else with, um, on stage. Mm. He talked about the same thing though. He wouldn't mm-hmm. be in the position he was in without the team and the support and the structure and the organization that supports him and what he's done and the accolades that he's had. So you, you resonate that well. And, and for our listeners, um, there's a game plan. And, and a lot of it is, is, is that looking inward and, and saying it's okay to be okay and saying yes to the fact that I, I need something that I can't do of myself or by myself. Um, you know what you just said it's okay to be okay Um, that's interesting because we hear a lot of the it's okay to not be okay like it's okay to be struggling and then grow and move and heal but I think sometimes first responders forget that it is okay to be okay for years we just have accepted I'm going to be broken this career has broken me emotionally, physically. Um, that because when I when I got into it, that's kind of what I was feeling. And I really, really just when you said that, it really struck me. It is okay to be okay. It is okay to have that joy. We forget to give ourselves that permission. And it just it just really really struck me because it, even me today, I mean, I have to remember it's okay to be okay, and. You know, I just want to mention that all, all these things like being on the peer support team and starting my training in the, you know, the SISM started with other people, um, including Christy, who was another um, UT Health East Texas star um, there with, with us. Yeah, she's awesome too. It, it was <laughs> those leaders and um, um, that really just, have inspired me and helped me whether or not I ever talked 
to them about my struggles, seeing them, knowing about them and what can be offered and um, the time in particular that they did intervene and help me before my career was over because I couldn't, I, I was so unhealthy. I was unable to answer the call. And that day they did for me by helping me, by identifying and providing me with resources. And really it's, it's like, I just want to always pay it forward because if I pay it forward, someone else is going to pay it forward and it's contagious. And we want those good things to be contagious, to help that change in culture every day. You, you know, it's, it's always a work in progress every day. And you asked earlier, you know, how, I guess I, I help in that way or whatnot. And it's really everything. And I'm not perfect. I have, I have my bad moments and I am sometimes overwhelmed and angry and don't have the best outlook, but it's my goal every day to find that positive in whatever's happening. If I feel like another person is another person in patient care, um, that day that I come across is maybe being not the nicest to me. Well, it's not personal to me. Are they okay? Because there's some days where I'm like, man, why am I so rude today? Oh, I'm not okay. And so every, everything, every day, if you just imagine that big picture, it's a little bit easier to have that good attitude, to, to keep paying it forward or to identify, Hey, the way that person's treating me, that's not the big picture. The big picture is, are they okay? Do I need to, do I need to reach out to them or have someone else reach out to them? Is there a reason that they're not getting along with other people as much. And I think if we just start looking at each other that way, looking, looking to help um, keep building each other up, especially after what we all just went through um, the past few years, then we can keep moving forward, keep marching on, um, improving the, the mental health by sharing that with each other. It can't be just the trained and the professionals. Everyone has the responsibility to watch out for each other. And that's, that's really how I like, that is my goal every day when I show up. It's not just how can I help my patients, but how can I help my coworkers, my, you know, my um, fellow care providers that I see, whether it be nursing homes or the hospitals, um, behavioral health centers, you know, if we don't have a good relationship with each other, why? And what can we do? How can we make this better? Because the system is so much more than your one organization where you work. It's global. And mm -hmm. how, how can we feel like more of a family than just where I am, but everywhere? So Juliana, you said uh, several things that really resonated again. And, and what I love hearing is it, it is global. One of the practices I have and have uh, tried to instill in my daily uh, interactions at work is, is thanking 
those people that are at those facilities when they're receiving or giving us a patient um, and, and letting the patients know in front of them that they're going to get well taken care of and that the people here care about them. And for two reasons, I want them to know that that's true. And then also when we hear that coming from other people, um, it tends to pick us up. Our spirits may change. Mm -hmm. we, we may pivot a little bit. And it, I do it for myself. And what's so amazing and innately just uh, with, with us is we can do our truck checks. We can do our medication um, inspections. We can do our narcotics checks. Uh, we can do our equipment, our vents, our monitors, and all these things and make sure that they're at least okay, they're operational, that they're going to get us to be able to take care of the next patient and so on and so on and so on. We don't do it often enough for ourselves. Um, I love that. And self <laughs> Self-evaluation, self right? And there's some great organizations out there. Um, uh, I won't name them all today. They've been named uh, for, for the amount of time we have. But there is opportunities for help, peer support alone. And you're, you're spearheading the opportunity for people to be engaged, to become more their authentic self by showing your authentic self. And that's one of the reasons that we started EMS Improv. Um, by me, it's kind of my wife is the business side and, and me, but it's engage, it's be mindful, it's share and tell our stories. And through that engagement, that authenticity about being mindful and being present, you know, sitting with that person, you know, I always say that, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. But the act of love is being beside them. Mm -hmm. Right. And so uh, that's what you exemplify and your opportunity to just be. And, and I, I just want to say um, your coworkers say you, you put 100 percent into every patient, every shift, every student, every crew member. Now, that's what they see. And you innately just said that you don't you know that you're not always ma maintaining that measurable but yet you're so self-reflective that you're uh, rebooting or coming back to a stasis point. As soon as you recognize that your level, that meter, wherever it is inside you goes, Hey, I can do better. Hey, I can do better. And, and, and ladies and gentlemen uh, that are listening um, each of you across every spectrum of life, we've come through a horrific two plus years yeah. just as humanity um, so being able to say, I'm not okay. And it is okay to just be okay. Because, you know, we look at social media posts and we see people that are doing so many amazing things that are they really, first of all, is, is, is the question. And then people get upset that they are, and you can't, or I can't. And, you know, so then we, we, we do this comparison and contrasting. And one of the things that we shared and I share with every presentation I do is, you know, don't compare trauma and don't compare successes. Because where you are today is where you're supposed to be. And if you have goals, dreams, aspirations, you know, let's shoot for them, right? Shoot higher than where you're going to go. And at the same time, the pain and the trauma that we have all felt individually and corporately and within organizations, we can't get through them without social support and engagement. And we talked about so many things uh, in regards to taking care of people. Um, you're a big person on, on joy. And I, and I want to go back to joy for a minute. Uh, there was a, a professional photograph of you taken at the stars of life <laughs> event where you were just the, the joy exudes the spirit of spirits is transcending. And that group of people from all ages and all genders and all, um, uh, you know, across the, uh, 
all ethnicities and LGBTQ plus spectrum um, there and knowing that they are supported by each other, the, the organizations that, that sent them there, the corporate sponsors that let us all be there in whatever capacity um, and, and to celebrate and engage and, and enjoy hearing other stories and, and you know, getting a breath of fresh air and, and maybe getting that relaxation that we needed. We can do that for each other. Um, that positive or negative traits that we talked about, that you talked about just now uh, earlier on the recording is, um, you know, your behavior can change the focus and in, in, in actions of other people because the dominant trait, whether they be positive or negative, will be the overarching way that, that we go. So by just simply not addressing negativity is not enough. And that's mm -hmm. a good start. But by, by combating the negativity with cumulative joy, which is what I try to do through laughter and engagement and, and failure, because recognizing, like you said, you said you're not perfect. I, that, that came as a surprise to me, Julian. I just got to tell you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and with that being said, obviously, I'm being facetious uh, because <laughs> you recognize that you, that you fail, but you also get back up and... Uh, with that, um, that's the success. You know, we fall down seven, we get up eight. We make a mistake. Doesn't mean we don't have to be held accountable, but we take the accountability lesson and we move forward stronger because of the things that we have been given. And if we look at those things as gifts as well, the gift of accountability, we operate within guidelines and protocols and procedures and policies, and those are fantastic. And, and when the organization realizes that those need to be adjusted, then they help adjust them. And that only comes from input, but people doing well and right within the organization, um, being held accountable helps sustain what, what we're making in that culture that you guys have at yours. Um, so if, if you don't mind, uh, we've talked a lot about authenticity. We've talked a lot about joy. We've talked a, a lot about mental health and taking care of ourselves. Is there anything that you really want to share um, before we start kind of wrapping this up? We still have a, a decent amount of time, but we'll end up getting off longer than we thought. Um, so I want to give you a, a platform for, for not only you personally, but maybe even to share something more specific about a person. We met Christy, who is amazing. Um, the people within your organization, something that has driven you to be as passionate as you are a family member, um, a, a, a paramedic that you witnessed doing something or an EMT. What is, what is kind of your, your foundation story for your desire to come into emergency medical services and mobile medicine and be the force that you are, which is an amazing positive force, by the way. I just kind of fell into EMS. <laughs> And I stayed because I love it. And I like to think it loves me. Um, you know, from, from my, my start of my career, I was, I mean, I just had the privilege of working with a few really great people. Um, one of which, I mean, ev everything we did every day that we, we showed up, it was how to be better how to be better at patient care, how to, um, how to be more prepared, how to be, you know, safe on every call. And 
I, I love, I love a task. I love completing a task. And that's, that's where the initial passion in the career started. And then the more experience, um, experiences I had with people, patients, other care providers, it just, it grew from there. I, I don't have one moment that was the moment. It's just accumulative. And it, which is beautiful because every time I have a memory, it's just, it's really great. So much laughter, tears, all of it. As for wanting to share my joy and find my joy and really be more of a support for others, um, that was a personal experience that changed that. And it was at work and my cup was filling up and I was not, I was not taking care of myself. I wasn't allowing anyone to take care of me. I was not sharing it with my loved ones. And, you know, I had a call that affected me greatly and I was absolutely in every way possible, not okay. And still wouldn't share that. And I had people watching me. I didn't know they were, but they were watching me and they took care of me and they reached out and um, basically, you know, got me to a provider who took very good care of me. And I came out of the other end better than I was before, healthier with more tools for getting through the everyday life of EMS. And then that's when it really hit me. We should have these tools and resources before the, the bad call happens or the event happens. And that's, that's where the fire got lit for me that I want to share with everyone every day as much as I can, whether it be coworkers or patients, the tools that I've learned, the resources I've learned about, um, and really the bravery it takes within yourself to, to get that help and become vulnerable so that you can become stronger, so that you can grow. And, you know, just, just having, having that experience, the up and the down and, and coming out on the other end and um, being another great success story of um, EMDR therapy. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. hundred percent have done it. Yes. So, um, and just the fact that I worked somewhere that had that resource available and, and, um, it, it really, it just inspired me because I know there's so many people, so many providers who are suffering every day, every day of the moment they wake up till they go to bed. And the idea of having joy is just completely out of their head because it's been so many years of this and 
if I can just share a little bit with someone and inspire them to share, if I can just plant the seeds, then, then I'm doing something. And you are doing something and I applaud you. And, and uh, Christella Carrizales, uh, my partner that came out and we had the opportunity to all meet Yumi, Wes uh, and Christella um, to sit and, and engage and socialize and talk about some real things and just even laugh, like uproariously mm-hmm. laugh. And I, and I want to, I want a funny story before we, 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 we kind of conclude here, but um, you know, Christelle and I share this passion uh, of the gifts of, of the tools that we brought to the workshop that we did kind of in the keynote or presentation for stars. And uh, I owe her a debt of gratitude for helping pulling me out and you know, becoming more vulnerable. And the, the story that you're telling today uh, is going to resonate with that, that, uh, that person that needs to hear it. And um, they can reach out for help. And, and GEMS always has the availability if they message somebody through GEMS to help people get mental health resources, or me at EMS Improv, uh, or Eric Chase on LinkedIn. And Juliana, I know you're with your peer support team. But if somebody reached out to you, where, where could they reach out to you where, where at the very least, um, it's a safe accountability uh, that, that if somebody said, hey, I'm hurting, I heard you on the podcast, how can I get help? And, you know, first of all, are you okay right now? And then find out where they're located. But how can, can people reach out to you via an email if they were crying and needing help right now um, and didn't know it until they heard your voice? Absolutely. I am. I am open ears, whatever someone needs to anyone, you know, with that being said, I'm not a professional and we're going to have to find someone. But if I, if I can be that extended hand to help you find those resources, because that's the hardest part often is the reach out. And if I can, if I can be that for you, then I would be happy to. Um, because I will never forget the extended hands that helped me. And absolutely, um, I can share an email um, and have have you know you share it on your platform as well, Eric, because um, that's that's what this is about is helping each other. Wonderful. So if, if you have that and would like to give it, uh, or if you want to, I have it, I can share it in the link when this goes out, whatever would be easier. And, and let's just do that. But something funny you told me. So Juliana Castro, uh, yeah. UT Health, East Texas EMS in Tyler, Texas, you told me something and you, and you had the biggest smile on your face and you said, and, and we just got to go because again, we look at, we look at patients' skin colors, we hear their talk, we look at vernacular, their religious preferences, if we see it being practiced. And yet we go there, we take care of people to the best of our ability, but we talk about like implicit bias and cultural competency. And I don't want to get heavy because we don't have a lot of time. We'll revisit this again because you and I are going to continue our conversation. Um, And as long as you get a thumbs up from the the organization, I think we're going to have a greater uh, and continued conversations with EMS Improv and GEMS. but do you speak uh, Spanish? <laughs> I can order up some really good food at a restaurant, but otherwise, no. Okay, so um, a, a story you share with me, and just for time's sake, um, you walked into a house one day. Uh, apparently, they saw your last name, 
saw you, you appear to have uh, an ethnicity that may appear to be uh, Latina, right? And <laughs> yes. and so they just started speaking to you fluent uh, Spanish, right? And you looked at them and what what's the ethnicity of your coworker, just out of curiosity? Not Hispanic. Not, doesn't look Hispanic, not Hispanic, <laughs> but does that mean that they don't speak German? So they, they automatically speak German or French or Danish or, nope. or something. No, nope. what do they speak, Juliana? English. And, and that day they spoke the Spanish and I did not. <laughs> so when, <laughs> so we, we have to be so cognizant and mindful of that, of, of ourselves. And that's kind of, again, that, that checking in of ourselves when we don't feel that we're engaging as well as we should, it's tap in or tap out with the person or people that we're working with using lines, uh, using the, uh, uh, I can't even think of it. The, the phone recordings or the, the, the lines yeah. that have the, uh, what's it called? Um, translation. Translation or interpreters. Interpretation, but in yeah. this case, uh, your, your patients or patient's family uh, naturally assumed that you were going to be the, uh, the uh, fluent speaker of uh, Spanish and, and the Anglo or otherwise looking mm -hmm. partner uh, was the one that was able to come to the aid. I always, with all of my perceived or known uh, Spanish speaking patients, I will introduce myself in Spanish uh, so they know in my position and title and then let them know in Spanish that I am very sorry that I speak very little. I understand more than I can speak. And so if it gets to the point where there's not a family member there that can do what we believe is successful translating, we'll get them on the translation line. Mm -hmm. So I just, I, I thank you for sharing that. And that's, that's such an amazing story, but uh, that we have to just be cognizant of our own implicit biases and our cultural competencies and, and know that we're working with communities of people that don't know ours either in some cases. So we have to be, we have to be, uh, we have to have grace, I, I guess. Um, and, and hopefully by your sharing your grace, other people will, will mirror that. And, and uh, we're coming up on my hard stop and yours. Um, I want to just say, uh, Juliana Castro, East uh, East, excuse me, you're a paramedic at UT Health East Texas EMS in Tyler, Texas. Um, I have been honored and humbled to have met you and Wes and shared time with Cristela in DC and, and to be on this podcast with you today and share it all over GEMS's platforms and ours. But something more important that, that uh, we, we need to say, and we want to honor a, a person, uh, we, we want to share the memory of and and, uh, and 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 hope that light perpetual shines upon this individual. But Juliana, uh, your organization had a line of duty death uh, about a half a year ago. Um, I know the name. I, I remember the story. But would you please say his name for us and our listeners? Yes, we lost David Eads, paramedic at UT Health East Texas EMS, about half a year ago, and. I just wanted to personally dedicate all of this to him and his family um, and just have everyone keep in mind, you know, the unexpected that can happen. And it's a all more reason to be kind to each other, to get to know your coworkers and to find your joy and share that joy. Um, because you just never know what life 
is going to bring every day. And I know that our jobs have shown us that day in and day out. But love each other, be kind to each other. And when you feel like you can't, let someone help you. No better words can be spoken. Um, Julianne, it's been a, a pleasure, like I said. Uh, give my love to Christy, who uh, we met. Uh, my love to Wes. Uh, obviously, my love to you. Uh, that comes from Christella as well. Uh, oh, now we share, we share social media uh, as well, so we can, we can stay in touch. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the EMS Improv Podcast, where we engage, where we're mindful, where, where we share and tell our stories. We just heard a beautiful story, um, where we want to honor the, the memory of, of David Eads and love one another, have grace for yourself, say yes to the fact that you need help and it's okay to be okay. We're powered by GEMS. My name is Eric Chase. We've been talking with Juliana Castro. Until our next podcast, I just want to say thank you. Thank you.